What's up, dancers and dance lovers? This is Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex. I'm Taylor Bradley. And I'm Alex Yankovic. We host an open conversation about the dance entertainment industry, striving to educate and inspire. Brought to you by Inside Dance Magazine. Find us on social media at Inside Dance Podcast. Or write to us at InsideDancePodcast at gmail.com. Let's Let's take take it from from the the top. top. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Inside Dance Podcast with Taylor and Alex. I'm really excited, Alex. You know why? Why? Because it's summer. It's summer and it's warm and it's just happy and it doesn't get dark at 2 p.m. And Memorial Day has come and gone and that means it's officially summer. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm thrilled about that. That's amazing. I do love summer, too. I feel like I'm still in spring I'm still in spring mode uh, right now, but yeah. And I also, I'm, I'm so bad with um, these holidays. Like yesterday I had so many plans to get things done and never so happens. We're closed. I was like, I always get Memorial day and labor day mixed up, but my friend, uh, one of my friends, Kevin uh, told me, he goes, it's may Memorial day Taylor. And I was like, that's genius. Why yeah. did it take me only? Oh, almost 30 years to learn that. So thanks, Kevin Myrick. Yes. The only way I've separate, I've been able to separate the two is because people say no white clothing after Labor Day. See, and I disagree. I'm like, wear it whenever. I I don't care. So (laughs) stupid. So stupid. But then in my head, I'm like, oh, well, you definitely wear like white clothing in the summer. So Labor Day must be in the fall. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fashion rules are silly, but um, in the dance world, In the theater world, rules are important and enforcing them is important. And having a person that can do that with grace, with passion um, and make it fun is really important. Of course, I'm talking about your stage manager. And I'm so, so excited for today's incredible special guest, a dear friend of both yours and mine, Miss Mary Burnett, who is currently the general stage manager over at Beatles Love. Sorry, I don't mind my dog just running down the stairs. Um, (laughs) And yeah, she is super fun. Um, so definitely listeners stick around for her interview that's to come because goose definitely stick around for her interview. That's to come because you don't, you don't want to miss it. And it's super fun and really informative. I didn't realize uh, kind of what the trajectory of a stage manager is. So it is one of my favorite interviews. It's really, really good. She's yeah, amazing. We love that. Um, but before we get into that, it is time for some free swag, some free merch. It's time to do our month of May um, drawing for our Inside Dance giveaway. So um, if this is one of your first times joining us, hi, welcome. Nice to meet you. We love the support that you guys can give in any way, shape, or form. The easiest way to do that is by giving us a five-star rating. I mean, rate us whatever you want, but I'd recommend five stars. More stars, better. Um, and writing a review. When you do that, you'll be entered into a chance to win some free merchandise and swag donated by Inside Dance Magazine. So with that being said, should we get to it? Let's get to it. Let's get to it. All right. And our winner, drum roll, Miss Kensington Olsen. (laughs) Congratulations, Kensington, all 15 feet of you, beautiful, gorgeous dancer. (laughs) We are so happy that you wrote a review and honestly, it was amazing. And yeah, thank you. We really appreciate it. And just because we chose someone this week 
uh, this month doesn't mean we're not choosing someone next month. So make sure that you all continue to subscribe, rate, and review. Use those pretty little fingers to, you know, tell us how you feel. <laughs> Express. I love that. Yay. Well, congrats, Kensington. Um, we've got Mary on deck. But before we get there, Alex, I want to talk about... Um, Going back to what I first said, I'm excited because it's summer and I feel like intrinsically as a human, you get excited for summer because uh, you don't have to be in school and you're moving on to a new chapter and it signifies either going up in a grade or graduation. Um, It's just, it feels progressive. So um, what I wanted to talk with you about today is just that, is this seasonal change, this graduation, um, because I know we have so many graduates out there. going from high school into their professional career or going into a college program. And then we've got other graduations of college level dancers moving into the real world, um, graduations and movement within dance companies um, as the, as the seasons come to an end and they move on. So uh, long winded way of saying that there is a lot of change coming up and I wanted to pick your brain today and think back to when we were in those pivotal times, uh, whether high school or college, um, and what advice you would give. I was listening to the radio this morning, and I guess there's a big trend, which is like graduation advice cards. So basically, it's a card, and it says like, be prepared to, expect to, don't be upset to, the best thing you have to look forward to, things like that. So um Yeah, I want to know what you think about that. And um, with that first question being, um, here, I have one pulled up. My Google stock images here. I love that. (laughs) Um, So advice for the graduate. I hope that you always what as a dancer, as you're graduating and moving into this next chapter? Ooh, I hope that you always take the no's as not yet. Oh, that's yeah. great. So anytime you get a no, it really just means it. I mean, it could go two ways. Sometimes it's just really paving the path for you to do something else. Mm-hmm. I firmly, firmly believe that. Uh, but I think either way, it's really good to have the mindset of not yet. So what do I have to do in order to get that? And then you can try as many times. And sometimes, you know, you will find that it maybe isn't for you, but take your nose as not yet. Especially I love that. When you, yeah. Especially when you just are freshly graduated. I feel like you're green. Yeah. And that's okay. And it's okay to be green. Um, and I, yeah, that, that, that's a great, a great reminder, I think for anybody. Um, but especially as you're leveling up per se and entering into new territory, whereas you may have been one of the best dancers, you may have been the most, um, most passionate about dance in your town, in your community, but now you might be moving on to a new space, a new program where there's going to be a lot of people from a lot of different areas or at an audition, even um, if it's your first time going into an audition and being um, knowing that it's okay for the big fish to leave the little pond because there's going to be more room to swim in the bigger pond, but you just got to get used to it. Totally. So for yours, uh, expect to blank. Ooh, expect to, I would say expect to reevaluate. No, that's not the right wording. Expect to change your, 
what am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say <laughs> that your relationship with dance is going to change. That's what you're going to expect. <laughs> I had I to say like it backwards that. to get there. Your relationship with dance is going to change. Um, and, and that's okay. And that's like, that's can be viewed as a negative thing, but it also can also be viewed as a beautiful thing. I know for me, um, uh, e- recently we've all gone through so much change, you know, with everything from the pandemic to, um, just life in general and dance has played a different aspect in my life in those different chapters. Um, kind of going back to, I think it was our Valentine's day episode. We talked about your relationship with dance. And, um, so I guess what I'm saying is expect that that relationship is going to ebb and flow. There's going to be highs, there's going to be lows and that's okay. And your self-worth, your self-worth and identity does not rely in your relationship with dance. If you need to take a break for a little bit, take a break. If you need to and are ready to really fully dive in, that's okay. But just know that that's not going to be a constant as far as intensity, maybe in your life, your relationship with dance. And that's okay. So expect that to come. Yeah. Your career is definitely an evolution and you have to be like, feel good about that. You want to create a safe space for yourself to allow things to evolve and change because it's actually a good thing things staying the same is not fun at all <laughs> yeah stagnation yeah <laughs> double stagnation like a leap like a, a double stag <laughs> <laughs> um okay uh let's do like one more each um i hope that you focus on blank I hope that you focus on making new friends and building relationships <laughs> alex talking about <laughs> dating friends again <laughs> But it's so, so true. true. Like I, I think about this daily, how lucky both you and I are. Who was I talking to you about this? We're talking about, you know, the strong alumni community at U of A, which is, you know, just very true. But my, mm-hmm. I still speak to my dance spot friends. They're still like close people in mm-hmm. my life. I still speak with my U of A friends, my Cirque friends, my dance team life friends, my LA friends, like, and that makes dance so fun. My like opera friends now, like, I I feel like it's so easy to be on our own, you know, heads for all of this. And the best part about our dance community is like meeting new people. And it's so weird that that's become my favorite part. And I think when you're out of college, you don't have to like go out of your way to really make that effort in it hungry, desperate way, but to be open. I mean, we should change the title of this podcast to being open about open hips for dance. But I feel like I talk about being open open hips, open mindsets. Like art, it's it's wild for this podcast, even, you know, all the people that we're able to speak with. (laughs) Sorry, my cat just walked in front of my camera. Hi, Jack. (laughs) But we're so lucky. We're we're we are very lucky. And I swear we're lucky. And uh, on a bigger, broader spectrum, um, community is, it's so beautiful to lean on them when you need them. Um, I think you said something that reminded me of, of a thought that has that I've been, that's been a theme in my life. And that is that sometimes the scariest place for thoughts to be are alone in your own brain. Mm-hmm. Um, because then you don't have outside opinions. And, um, I think the same thing applies to dance. And, um, you know, we've talked about this with inspiration too, where if you isolate yourself, um, you, you, you'll lose inspiration or, or, or yes. you may feel that burnout. And so how beautiful is it going back to your point that you can have 
so many different communities from so many different areas that serve you in different ways. You know, you yeah. may not, you, you have this, these connections with these people you're working with now, but you may, um, have different conversations with them than you would with your dance spot friends or things like that. Yeah. Um, so I think variety in community is beautiful because that's variety in your support. You said that way more eloquently than I did. And I want to be clear. I'm not trying to say life is about making as many friends <laughs> as possible. Like look at all these friends. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. It's Fully. way, way better how you expressed it. You know, this is it's because my cat walked by. It was, you know, diverse, <laughs> the black cat. <laughs> diversifying your community and keeping your community like a good safe space for you to all be creative and do your best work. <laughs> Boom. Yes. <laughs> Which also contributes into your relationship with dance because your relationship with people. Wow. Ooh, Ooh this is like Charlotte's web of, of topics. Yes. Today, and what, what was, what was our fourth one? I am blanking on the last one you had told when you had listed in the beginning. Oh, um, to- hold on. Let me go back to my Google stock image. Um, which ones haven't we done? I, it says, I hope you learn. I hope you dream of, I hope you always keep my advice for life is, and then it says with love. (laughs) So if you just want to do the signature part, that's easy. (laughs) I don't know any of those, or if you think of anything else, um, expect to learn that let's do that. Let's finish on that. Yeah. Yeah. Expect expect to learn learn. and yeah, learn good, learn bad, learn ugly, but learn and learn with community. (laughs) Yeah. I will say, I feel like, you know, Wait, hold on. Did you? <laughs> I was gonna say. Well, I was gonna say. You say expect to learn. Blankety blank. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Sorry. Anytime someone says blank. <laughs> blankety blankety blank. I I cannot oh. say that word without quoting that section. Yeah, like, that section is SpongeBob. Like, Let's get real. Oh if you listen Wait. to the show, you know we're both obsessed with SpongeBob. I'm so sorry. Just really quick. Okay, so I know I know uh, your fiance watches Broad City. You watch yeah. it as well, right? True. Okay, I made a TikTok. I just as like a joke. I sorry. This I promise. This is this is just a fun story. Okay, great. I, I made a TikTok saying this show is not talked about enough, and like a crying emoji, which is just like a way of like I could be talking about like pineapple and be like pineapple is yeah. not talked about enough. Like even if something's already popular, like I still. No one can convince me that Broad City is on the same level of like SpongeBob, The Office, Parks and Rec. It's not, it's an amazing show, but people don't talk about it all the time. Anyway, it, the TikTok like got um, all of these people commenting on it and being She's like, viral. People were like, um, this was the most talked about comedy of our decade. What are you talking about? And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm <laughs> saying it should be on that level. Sorry. Okay. We can edit that out. No, <laughs> no, like, we're keeping it because I love it. He <laughs> like started this brawl. I had no intention of this happening. And like people brawl were like, city. and most all the, I, I'm going to be real. All the women who were commenting were like, this is the show. So great. It's so underrated. I love it so much. I'm like, yes, it is so great. And like the few men who commented on it were like, um, this show is so popular. Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you cannot convince me. No, you're actually like, we're both saying the same thing. You're just being mean with it. <laughs> yeah. You're agreeing with me, but like. <laughs> oh my God. Sorry. I'm getting fired up about it. It was wild. Wow. Like, I like woke up and people were like, um, just say that it's a good show. Like you don't need to be like so dramatic about it. I'm like, okay. 
<laughs> and you're yeah. <laughs> blankety blankety blank. Okay, I'm so sorry. Blankety I'm blankety blank. I'm gonna let you well, finish. And now I understand that you were asking me what to expect to learn. I thought yes. you were ending with that statement, and I was like, yes, expect to learn. <laughs> now that you're asking me, expect to learn blankety blankety blank. Expect to learn. Period. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a statement. Um, expect to learn. Um, what do you expect to learn? Um, a lot. <laughs> a lot. And expect to learn. I'm going to change it slightly. I hope that you learn Love it. that there's a place for everyone in the dance world. And, yes. and I forget, uh, shame on me, who I believe it was um, – Stephanie Martinez that said that in our interview with her and it has stuck with me ever since that there's a place for everyone if you want to in whatever form dance serves you whether it's creative expression whether it's a paying career whether it's teaching and education there's a place for everyone and one is not better than the other and you can't compare yours to anybody else you can aspire and be inspired by somebody else's place with where they are in the dance world but you cannot get discouraged if you're not necessarily in that same place. But if that's the case, I encourage you to find your place through your community, through your relationship, through learning. <laughs> I, that was a really, really good one to lead us into Mary. I, that will stick with me forever. So good. Yeah. Oh, yay. I love that. Well, <laughs> the most scatterbrained. Uh, I know. <laughs> I'm like advice for the graduate. Uh, get your thoughts together <laughs> before speaking into a microphone expect for all to, the lovely Yeah, people. Expect to learn how to organize your brain. <laughs> uh, well, guys, stick around. We are joined by the wonderful Miss Mary Barnett coming right up. You guys, we are so, so lucky to have this week's incredibly special guest joining us. She is one of the funniest women that I know, one of the funniest humans that I know. Um, super dry humored. She's one of the few at work that can go back and forth with me and we do like our punny spars. Um, one of the most knowledgeable Broadway um, yes. aficionados out there. And uh, today we are so, so excited to bring to you our current general stage manager over at The Beatles Love by Cirque du Soleil. Please help us welcome Miss Mary Barnett. Hi, Mary. Hi, you guys set the bar way too high. Way too high. <laughs> well, we're a little embarrassed from like our past episode where we really oh failed at the 60 oh. second challenge. Backstory, I, I, like, Mary goes, oh, I listened to Kane's episode to get an idea. She goes, the one where you guys did Broadway in 60 yeah, seconds. So and like and it, my, my puppy dog tail immediately between my legs. I was like, oh my, yes. Mary, that was the one you weren't supposed to listen to. And the amount of times, like, it's so embarrassing. I bring up Beetlejuice musical, like literally every day, like with my <laughs> my opera friends, they're like, yeah, yeah, you told us. Because you can say that now. My opera friends. This is the third time you brought up Beetlejuice. And the fact that we did the the alphabet thing and I got B 
and that didn't even come to my brain. Like I, I was, was literally like, yelling at my at my phone, Beauty and the Beast. That's what I was gonna <laughs> say. Yeah, I was like in Beauty and the Beast. I was napkin number five and townsperson number three. How am I not? getting this together. <laughs> no, you know what though? Like those kinds of things, like when you have the pressure on you and you're trying it's to think of it in the moment, it gone. never works in your favor. Never. Yeah, yeah. That episode was so embarrassing. Um, that's why, us. that's why like, for us, shows- Kane, you were great. For us. <laughs> that's why shows like family feud are hilarious to watch. Cause they ask the question, they have to like buzz in real quick and give yes. the answer. And then you see their blank stare. Cause they're like, Oh, Oh no, I thought I knew. And then they come up with something completely <laughs> off topic. Yeah. Yes. I, and I feel like you probably deal with that all the time. I feel like I'll ask like students sometimes who are really young, they'll, they'll like raise their hand and then I'll be like, yeah, what's their question? They're like, I forgot. And yeah. I'm like, okay, this <laughs> is all the time. Well. Or, or it's a, oh, 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 yes, yes. <laughs> Can I go to the bathroom? Yep. That was me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyway, um, well, Mary, let's go ahead. Let's get started. Um, let's take it from the top here and um, do us a favor. Let us know where you are from and where did your first involvement with entertainment or the stage begin? Mm, okay. Five, six, seven, eight. I am, <laughs> <laughs> I'm from, um, I was born in Baltimore, raised in Maryland, the Rockville area. So like a suburb of Washington, DC. And um my parents were both amateurs, sometimes semi-professional performers themselves. That's how they met. They met doing a play in upstate New York. Um, so we were always involved in some um, community or usually actually uh, church stuff like mm-hmm. choirs or, you know, Christmas plays. Um, so that's really how I kind of got started was uh, doing church productions of all things, but yeah. (laughs) I feel like we all had that. And honestly, my mom would never miss my, um, elementary school's Christmas program. Yeah. Yeah. Like someone got to play Mary, someone got to play Joseph and like, Mm -hmm. it was a, it was always a big production. We had so much rehearsal for it. Did you go to a Catholic school or? or I went to Catholic school from kindergarten till senior year of high school. Okay. Fancy pants. I I know all the stations of the cross. Wow. Yeah. All right. Isn't it funny though? Like why, especially with like, uh, when I think like, uh, church programs or like, you know, the, the Christmas event they put on every year. It's just so funny that it's like a no brainer of like, you have kids, your kids are doing it. Your kids Absolutely. are going in it, you Absolutely. know, yeah. but it, it's also kind of a blessing because it sparks that, you know, without that, uh, timeline happening, who, who knows where we would have ended up type of thing. And, you know, right. my family wasn't so, uh, necessarily religious, but my elementary school, same thing had a drama club. And it was like, uh, I mean, first of all, you look at me and you're just like, that kid is a puppy dog on Red Bull, give him something to do. Sports <laughs> didn't cut it. So I, so they were like, please, please let drama work. So yeah, Sound of Music, Uncle Max, 2001. Yes. Great year. Great okay, year so, for all of us. So my church, when I was in fifth grade, they were putting on the Sound of Music. And <laughs> this, oh, you had to audition for their shows, right? Because they were- Oh, this is was, a cutthroat church. Oh, very much so. <laughs> very much so. And I thought I was a shoo-in for Brigida because Brigida was 10 and I was 10. So what more did you need? Shoo-in. So, um, but here's the thing. I didn't know the Sound of Music at all. Like I love musical theater, but I thought the Sound of Music, my dad was a guitar player and he had like a, a beta- tape. You remember those beta uh-huh. tapes? He had that. And he was always recording some really boring crap off of PBS. It was boring <laughs> to me. And it was called The Sound of Music. And I thought it was another boring guitar program that I didn't want to watch. So when I was, I was auditioning for The Sound of Music, I learned my favorite um, 
my favorite things. Um, and that was my audition song. And I don't know why I didn't get cast and I was crushed. Um, so instead I played baseball for a season, Yes, <laughs> one season, um, <laughs> Um, inaugural and finale season oh, yes <laughs> but uh it all turned around like a year later when i auditioned for bye bye birdie at the church and i made it in the ensemble and that was it that was Amazing. that's what did it that's <laughs> i was in that and it was so much fun i was like um i want to do this all the time were you a thespian in high school oh <laughs> <laughs> yes uh man okay so yes drama club of course choir band orchestra yes. all of it um, but yes, we did. So we did fall plays. We did spring musicals and I was performing all of them. Like I knew that's what I wanted to do was be in theater. And at the time, because of our high school, there wasn't anything but performing like the, I think the lighting designer was our janitor. I think, um, <laughs> like the, the crew was, you know, the local, you know, the parents volunteering to paint the scenery. So it was right. just that, that kind of stuff. So. so what was your transition like out of high school? So then I went to um, college in New York on Staten Island. So it was kind of like having the best of both worlds. I got to be on like this suburban campus, uh, very picturesque. But then I got to like, you know, take a ferry and be in Manhattan, which was great. Oh, that's um, amazing. Yeah. And um, and I auditioned for, for the school's the musical theater program. So because at the time, again, I thought I was going to be a performer, but I still... I wasn't sure if that's what it was going to be, but I just didn't know what else there was. I knew I wasn't like, I, I knew I wasn't a lighting person. I knew I wasn't a sound person, mm-hmm. I just, but I didn't know what there was. But um, you knew like your passion, your soul yes. belonged somewhere right. in Absolutely. this, in, in this industry. Yeah. Absolutely. So I auditioned, it was early decision. So like, it was like one-on-one in like the director's office, like, like the theater director's office. And you had to prepare, um, you know, a song, you had to prepare a monologue and it was optional to prepare a dance. And I worked with my dance teacher. I prepared a dance. Optional means mandatory. Yeah, okay, yeah. But, like you but, don't have to, but, but, but for, but for real, um, <laughs> but I woke up that morning and I was already so stressed and I was like, I don't know, something in my gut said, you should not do this dance. You're not like, <laughs> I, just cause you take dance class doesn't mean you're a dancer. And that was where I was. So, <laughs> um, so I actually, I, I cut my dance portion of the audition right before. Oh my and gosh. I, and I, I made it into the theater program and I'm convinced to this day that if I had done my dance, I would not have been made. Interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like when I, I auditioned for two musical theater programs in college. Are you going like to bring up the Muni? Going, no, no. no <laughs> Alex, uh, I have a very bitter taste in my mouth from the Muni. <laughs> After a three day, all day audition. Anyways, we'll dive yeah, into no, that we one thought we, but We were like, we thought we shoe ends. We, we, we thought we were the shoe ends. <laughs> and we did not book it. Um. Did, so did not get Brigida, did not get uni. It's but fine. I, I didn't get into um, the two musical theater programs I auditioned for for college. And it, I think it was because the singing, I maybe shouldn't have sang. And they would have been like, you're you're in. But the dance <laughs> part, I was like, yeah, this is so fun. But yeah, the singing just wasn't enough. Um, yeah. Enough to pull. It's so interesting. I think that's actually like a very... Uh, important aspect of uh, the auditioning process as a performer is like knowing when to show your cards, knowing when to show all your cards and knowing when to be like, I'm going to hang on to these for a little bit. You don't need to see those yet because, you know, I know there's a big difference between like um, 
singers who dance or dancers who sing like those types of auditions, which if you can go to both, go to both, obviously. Yeah. But it's like, um, <laughs> you never know, I guess, what, uh, <laughs> had you done that dance audition, I'm curious where, where life would have ended up or, um, right. same thing with you, yeah. Alex, cause I'm in your boat as well. I'm like, do not make me sing ever, 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 ever. <laughs> those are the best auditions to monitor though. Like, honestly, like if you're behind a table <laughs> and, and not, and not in a way, like, cause I, 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 I've never been one of those people to like sit there and like make fun of people. Right. Like, right. Okay. At least maybe not there. There's always like yeah. a good story <laughs> yeah. after, but like, I always want to be like the supportive mom, like sitting there like, you're doing great, honey. Yes. You're doing great. Keep it up. Um, but I yeah, think, the- <laughs> and we'll dive into it later, but I'm sure like running into that as a stage manager at love. And uh, I think for people who don't know, uh, most of the time, the first time you go into a show, you're not really good at it. Like not you, not stage managers. I mean like the, the artists. Oh no, that's true. Like, that's true. It's so I feel like being a stage manager and watching artists go into a track for the first time, you're like, okay, they'll get they'll get there and like, figure it out. A couple, a couple of weeks, but like the that first was, time is never good. It's like it's good to get that first one out of the way. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, not not at your guys' level. Like it's very rare. Um, like I I think you we we often know in rehearsals when we're watching someone, we're like it's true maybe this is going to take a little bit more work, but usually it's quite the opposite. Usually it's a, ah, they're great. They're fine. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So, um, continuing on our timeline here from, uh, your, uh, study musical theater in New York, at what point did you know, discover or transition into like stage management? That's where I want to be. Yeah. So, um, Part, part of the requirement for our um, degree was to also participate in technical crews. So even though you're auditioning and, and hopefully performing in shows, um, you also have to work a certain number of shows. So I think I was a, uh, I think it was a spot op for one of the shows. I don't remember, but I remember watching um, one of the upperclassmen walking in the, in the house with a headset on and with the mic and like, just kind of base organizing and telling people what they needed to know, what they needed to do. And I was like, who's that? And, and how come they get to talk in a mic? And, um, <laughs> and how do I get to do that? But, but it still didn't like register at that point. And like, I worked a, a summer stock job after my freshman year as a performer and an, on the crew. And then really the next year, my sophomore year of college is when I really started to realize that, okay, performing, I love it, but it's not, it's really more love for fun. Like I don't mm-hmm. have, I don't have the ability to be okay with all of the rejection that comes with it. I don't mm-hmm. have, um, the, like I wanted other things like stability. And I was like, I don't know how to make that happen. <laughs> um, so, uh, I just, and not, not even taking into account that I really just didn't have the talent. I really didn't. And, um, I finally like started to come to that conclusion, but at the same time I was finding stage management and the head of our theater department kind of saw that and steered me in that direction. It was like, why don't you stage manage this black box production? Um, cause we would do like the big shows on stage. And we also had like the smaller studio productions. And I was like, uh, I don't know what to do. He was like, it's all right. I'll help you through it. So, um, yeah, I basically just fumbled my way through that. Um, and it was, it was only a two person cast in a studio. So it was great, but it kind of like gave me a taste of 
what organization needed to happen and what communication needed to happen. And that's when it all started to sort of click. And then from there, the next year, my junior year, I um, assistant stage managed the bigger productions. And then from there, my senior year, wow. so mentioned the bigger productions. So yeah, it just, it kind of, it clicked. And like, by the end of my senior year, I was in the senior showcase class that you had to take where you're supposed to perform for, you know, possible agents and, and people. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I really don't like, I know I'm in the class, but this is not what I want to do. And they're like, how about you stage manage? And I was like, perfect. Great. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> That's, That's so go ahead. Al. No, I was just going to say, it's Excuse amazing me. to hear that you've been doing it for so long as well. And I, I feel like in yes, no I'm old. Thank you. Alex. No, 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 <laughs> God, no. I just mean that in whatever career path you choose, especially with stage management, it's such a difficult job. You're the glue of the show. You have to, almost do your pay your dues a certain amount of times before you're able to take on, you know, as large of a show as Cirque. And it just takes so much time and patience to just kind of check those boxes and be like, not even that like quantity of shows matters, but like it's, you got to get those, that experience stacked up so that you can feel more prepared. And it's a lot. It's nice that you were able to, uh, kind of fit slot into that place that you were at at school where you could learn apprentice begin to build that resume so then you're not graduating being like i want to do this and i have no idea how you know oh i still felt that way though when i graduated like i was like okay this is what i want to do but i still don't know what i'm doing (laughs) but speaking of paying your dues like that um the first job i had out of college was at college i opera company in cape cod and that that is like boot. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's it's mm-hmm. like boot. It's boot camp for <laughs> for anyone involved in it. Really, um, it we did nine musicals or operettas in ten weeks. Um, oh my gosh! So, yeah, so you rehearse one for a week, and then you put it up, <laughs> and then that, and then and then while you're while you're performing that one at night, you're rehearsing the next one during the day. My anxiety is shooting through the, the same room. Pass. It's, it's it's all the same pass. So yeah, oh, good. Like we're not going to rotate because who needs a break? Oh, no, no. But this is like, this is like cheap labor or unpaid labor, actually. Like the, the performers, of course, were volunteering as usual. Oh my God. Um, and I was paid a stipend. I, this was also my first lesson of do stipend not- is the nicest word to say, we're not going to pay you what you're worth, but I'm- we're going to give you something and we're going to put, Ooh, it's a oh, stipend. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, like I figured out like had as many hours as I was working per week and like, the, don't do the math ever. If you're getting paid, <laughs> salary or stipend, never figure out how much you're getting paid per hour. It is the most demoralizing thing ever, but, um, but it was exactly what I needed because I was the only stage manager. And I think they, I think that's still the way they do it. I think it's one stage manager for all the shows. That's it. Um, so it's, it's just budgeting your time and your attention and, um, you know, figuring out who needs to go where and who needs to do what, because you're trying to do a million different things for all, for all the people. And it's just you. Um, so, but, but it was an amazing experience. And yeah. that was definitely like paying my dues for sure. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Cause I feel like that's difficult. You know how it's different with, uh, dancers, you know, you send out your reel or your resume or with stage managers, that sounds like the perfect 
transition because then you can put that under your belt and then it's easier for when you're applying to other to be stage manager at summer stock and other shows mm-hmm. then you're like i did this yeah we put on 10 shows <laughs> i survived I, yeah, yeah. that was the thing like I, my resume like tripled in size exactly. after one summer wow. yeah <laughs> so i want to take a brief pause here from our journey and our timeline to um really discuss what is stage management because um, I know that, you know, we, we spoke briefly about this in your office the other day, but like, I, I didn't realize it because I guess I've been lucky to always have such smooth running behind the scenes operations, whether it be at my dance studio, uh, at my recitals growing up at all the dance competitions I've been to. I never realized that (laughs) as literal as it is being a stage manager is managing the stage and the time and the people and the 9 million moving parts. So, uh, that's my poorly, uh, worded description of it, but Mary, in your own words, what do you do? (laughs) No, I think you nailed it. But, um, (laughs) I think depending on, um, the show or the company, it's going to be different, but the main things that stay the same are, um, organization, like, especially, um, time management who, what needs to get done? How much time do we have to get it done? What are the priorities? And just making sure that, um, things get, get the amount of time that they need. Um, but then I would say even more important than the time is the communication, um, between, um, and this is the, one of the best things about stage management is you get to deal with everyone. You're not, <laughs> you, you get to deal with all the technical departments, all the artistic departments. Um, your contacts, along- like your phone book, you yeah. must be so popular. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> popular maybe isn't the right word for it. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, you get to like, um, it, it's, it's making sure everyone um, has the information they need so that they can do their jobs. So that my job is to make sure that you have what you need to do your job. Wow. Um, so it's, it's, and then there's all like the little, you know, minute details that, that fall into that, but it, it's, it, it's, that's basically the overarching thing. I was just, sure you do what you do. Yes. <laughs> and I was just about to say, as you were describing that, so you have your different tasks and then I imagine, you know, like a tree of life or like a, what's it called when you do like ancestry DNA and you, Oh like, yeah. A family tree. Yeah. I feel yeah, like yeah. a stage manager is like, yeah, here are my root things. And then it's like each and every thing you do. Literally it is. Category That's a great within way to a subcategory it. within a subcategory. It's what's so much. What's the, the business, the like corporate structure visual, same thing. It's like the oh, stage yeah. manager has to inform the <clears throat> different, the dance captain, the artist or the artistic coach, the acrobatic coach, the, all yeah. these different things. And they have to, it's such a trickle down effect, but it all Absolutely. starts with, yeah. with, with our roots, Mary, which is you. Roots. So. And, then, and then of course, there's always the human elements involved in that, which means that not everyone gets along <laughs> and not everyone <laughs> has the same opinion as everyone. So then, you know, it's, it's, um, kind of moderating that and sometimes putting on your, um, unlicensed therapist hat and, you know, mm. just trying to, work through all of the feelings that people tend to feel. So, yeah. Yes. And I, I really, really want to talk about, um, refresh because (laughs) really just like a a crowning moment for you, but before we get, get to that. And I mean that like in the true, like the most genuine way, but, um, how did working for Cirque come along? How did that job become available to you? And I want to talk about rent too. (laughs) Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Let's do rent first. And then, okay. Well, um, after the, um, after I finished up at the college at opera company, I actually ended up, um, uh, working as a production assistant for the, 
um, tour of rent that was, that was getting put up. So I was just, I was just, you know, there for rehearsals and for tech. And I think we were in South Carolina and then that was it. I was done. Now all of that happened when nine 11 happened. Mm, um, wow. so that really, uh, altered the course of things for rehearsals and for getting the show off, um, to put it mildly, but, um, right. uh, but yeah, so I just started off, you know, just doing the rehearsals and the show opened and I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Um, but then, and so then I was temping in New York and being an usher for cabaret on Broadway. And then yes. six months later, I got a call from the same company saying our assistant stage manager is leaving. Are you interested in coming on tour? And I was like, Oh my God. Yes. When They're like, well, how about in a week? And I'm like, Oh, I have summer work lined up already. Mm-hmm. I can't, I don't think I can do that in a week. I'm so sorry. And I hung up and it was that sinking feeling you get when you know, instantly you made the wrong decision and I was like, oh God, I, ju- I just made the biggest mistake of my life. And I ended up calling back the production manager. I was like, can you just give me like an hour to try and figure out how I could make this work? And so I ended up finding a replacement yes. for the summer stock job I was supposed to be working. And I called him back. I was like, I will be there. Uh, I have no money for a suitcase, but I'll figure it out. And, I will be there. <laughs> and Vegas was actually the first stop. So my first stop on tour was Vegas. Go Look at that. Say. A plot right? line within a plot line. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I ended up being ASM on rent for about a, a year and a half. Wow. And then I left and um, I got a PSM of another tour, Susical. Susical the musical. Yes. Which, that- <laughs> uh, educate, well, I say our listeners, but also me. What does PSM stand for? <laughs> oh, sorry. Pr- production, production stage manager. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you mind kind of like what, within the corporate structure of stage management, yeah. what are the major differences here between GSM, PSM, ASM, oh, Elemental P, SM? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All yeah. the letters. Um, there really isn't much of a difference um, between PSM, production stage manager, and GSM, general stage manager. Cirque just likes, we like to give our own names to things, right? Right, right. Uh, we like to be different <laughs> and unique. Um, but uh, in the world of Cirque, the uh, production stage manager is actually there for like the creation and the opening of the show. And then they go away. Gotcha. Um, whereas like in the more traditional theater sense, the production stage manager, they're there for the entirety of, of the, the, uh, the show or or until they leave. But yeah, mm-hmm. they're, and they basically take over as a uh, director once the show opens. So the show is set. But the production stage manager makes sure that um, any replacements um, or understudies that they are doing it the way the director wants it to be done. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. So that it's not quite the same with Cirque there because we have artistic directors um, on shows. Uh, but depending on your relationship with the artistic director, like um, I've thankfully been heavily involved in a lot of the character integrations that mm-hmm. we do at Cirque. And I love those. And I'm glad and I'm glad that. Um, we get to do those, but yeah, that's that. Those are kind of the main differences there with Cirque and traditional. Interesting, interesting. So, um, so you're touring with Rent, and then uh, at what point? Sorry, Susical. Sorry, yeah. Susical. Um, yeah. And then at what point were you like, Vegas is calling me? Well, I'm going no, it back. wasn't. It wasn't yet because <laughs> then I went back to Rent for another year as the production stage manager. <laughs> oh. So. Yeah, I went back to Red. Um, she said, "Upgrade PSM." I said, "Love you, I'll only go back with a promotion." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, but uh, that's actually where I met my husband. Um, oh, yay. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so we did that for a year. And then we were basically waiting. He lived in California. I lived in New York. And we were waiting to fig- find out what tour we were going to get put on next. And then Avenue Q in Vegas came up as an option. Oh and I interviewed nice. for that. And I got that. So I relocated to Vegas. Um, and that was when the whole Broadway West thing was supposedly going to happen because there was mm, mm, sad there was, I know, I know. But there, like Mama Mia was doing great. And um, I, there was talk of Phantom coming, That's which right. eventually did. And mm. The Lion King eventually came. So it was, it was a, a, a great but very short-lived theatrical it was, it era was. of La, uh, Las Vegas entertainment. It was. <laughs> Vegas is not built for uh, sustaining long-running musical theater shows. It's just not the place for it. But um, but it, but I had a great time. I did Avenue Q for about 10 months. And then so then that show closed um, and I needed a job. And Love was opening. Um, and uh, they were looking for a, a temp ASM uh, three month contract. So I kind of interviewed for that, but like the, uh, production stage manager or the general stage manager at the time, she was a huge musical theater person as well. So we basically just talked shop the whole time (laughs) and, uh, she hired me on the three month contract. And then that turned into a permanent contract. And then I was ASM for a year and then stage manager for a while. And then filled in as general stage manager when the GSM went out on maternity leave, and then eventually I ended up here. I just want to point out too, for anyone who gets a job and they offer you a temporary contract, take it. I think yes. sometimes might, people might be uh, unaware of what that means. And it usually just means we want to test this out with you. And if you mm-hmm. do well, then we can bring you on full time. So yes. that's the time that you leap. Exactly. Or even if it's not like we want to test you out, even if it's just that we only need someone for this amount of time because this person is out for exactly. X amount of time, like that, that's your chance to like, be like, yes, I can do, I can show you what I can do. And then even if it doesn't come up right away, they are going to remember you. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. someone will get pregnant at some point. Oh my God. They're <laughs> always getting knocked it's out. So much. God. Yeah. <laughs> why, why can't guys get pregnant every now and then it would really in, increase Agreed, the hireability. I think, Agreed. you know, both, both my selfish performer and my feminist in me are yeah. like, men should get pregnant. <laughs> It does. It opens up. It's, it's like the one good thing um, job wise that can come out of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, oh. that is the truth. Um, so working at love um, for those that don't know, uh, love has been now 16, 17, 17 Six. years. Is it seven? Oh, 17 is my number. So six. Oh no. Don't make me do math. We're coming up on our uh, 16th anniversary. Yes. And so uh, for the 10 year anniversary, love was going through a large refresh. So they were re re uh, vamping the show, new costumes, new traffic of the performers, some new characters, some, yeah, all of that. And it's the facelift. Every show gets in Vegas. Once it's been running for a while, they're just like, Oh, let's change the costume, change a few numbers. And that way the locals can, they can advertise to them to be like, Hey, the show's different now. Yeah, And And um, you come back and see us again. It's all new. Ooh, (laughs) ah, brighter colors. And it sounds simple, but for a stage manager, (laughs) You're changing, you're changing lighting cues by seconds, by minutes. The music can be different. The transitions are different. You have new artists. You can, it is the trickle new down. New technology. 
is flying absolutely. LED screens. I mean, yes. there's so many things. There's so much. Let's and, not talk about that. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll cut that segment. <laughs> and I, as a Mary, you just were the absolute glue. And I remember they were filming the documentary, the little mini so Because then put a camera on you yes, during the most stressful and- chapter of your career. <laughs> and Mary, uh, <laughs> listeners, just an absolute. No one no one would have made it through the way that or led us through the way that you did. And you were so calm. And there was several moments where it was really stressful. And I can't even imagine. You, several? <laughs> you said earlier several about, a day. <laughs> you said earlier about putting on your um unlicensed therapist hat and like that could not be more true than that time. <laughs> it was yeah. just so stressful and it ended up being amazing but how what was your, your biggest challenge if you can remember one out of the hundred that yeah honestly it was um the watching the burnout get mm. get to everyone oh, it was it was tough because like yeah we shut down the show for a few weeks but refresh started a year before that right we were rehearsing uh new stuff we were trying new stuff and then ditching it and then trying other new stuff and then ditching it and then but all of that during the day and then at night we had to put on the same show that we've been putting on for the past 10 years. So it was, it was exhausting for everyone involved. And it was just so hard to see everyone kind of slowly start to get crushed mm. under the weight of the workload and just the expectations. So that, that was really hard. And then it was also just um, because I actually, I had, after about a year of that, I had actually left. I don't know if you remember, I went to cough for like a second and a half, yes. but um, it was supposed to be for, for a lot longer, but then through various things, I ended up having to come back to love to help with refresh. Um, and the hardest part of that was just not kind of knowing who was running it because mm. at the time there were expectations from Montreal that we were unaware of that they thought that somebody on our end was going to be leading it. And I was told by people on our end that no, 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 someone on the Montreal end is going to be running it. You're just going to be there to like, you know, help facilitate. And then, so like the first couple of days that we're all sitting there looking at each other, like, yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like who <laughs> trying to be respectful this, right? to the other person yeah. like of leadership, yeah. but then you're also like, so we're all just staring. <laughs> yeah. Like, so who, and then, so finally when they were like, okay, it looks like we are going to need you to really steer the ship. I was like, fine. Yeah, yeah. just tell Wait. me. Yeah, I just need to know. Like, Therapist yeah. hat off, yeah. captain yeah. hat on. Exactly. <laughs> just exactly. give me permission. Like, no right. one wants to step on HOs. Just give me the permission and I will take over. And right, 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 right. <laughs> It was this one time yeah. during the rehearsals, I ended up having a really good working relationship with the director, with Dominique and Nahia. At one point, we're rehearsing, I don't know, one of the many, like, I think it was Octopus, where he wanted to add 20 different flying things. We're like, we have no more automation left. We're using everything. <laughs> we are out of fly. aerial points. There's there, no rigging. There's no more points. He's like, what about an anchor flying in? I was like, no, there's no room for that. Stop it. He, <laughs> so the, the rehearsal kept going, and he was like, he was like, so we're not getting much done here today, are we? And I was like, well, if you go on an hour long coffee break, we'll get plenty done. (laughs) (laughs) But we had the relationship at that point that he laughed and thought it was, at least I think he thought it was funny. (laughs) He's still crying about it to this day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And there is so much that you're dealing with as well with uh, music rights too, with, with a show like Beatles or, or Michael Jackson, there's so, there's so much more like as I like, as an artist, I'm like, why can't we do, don't let me down. Like, why can't we add that into the thing? And it's like that 
it's so much bigger than everyone and it's really mm-hmm. really every every change you make has to go through someone else to like approve it and it's oh there's there's so much of so much. And a lot of it honestly like i learned from um giles martin the music director of mm-hmm. the show because they actually they wanted let it be to be at the end of the oh show i'll never um, forget this i will never forget this. <laughs> um yeah it was they wanted that was supposed to be the original end of the show and then they're like oh for a refresh we can do it but honestly it wasn't about the rights at that point because like we could you know it was the music director whose father produced all the music he can use whatever music he wants but mm. it was a matter of finding the um the the key that going from one song into another, they can't be in completely different keys oh. um, because it just, you can't make it work. It's completely discombobulating and sounds terrible. Yes. Um, the way yeah. that it be ends and yeah. Donna don't yeah. and Hey Jude mm-hmm. builds but, but, into yeah, another yeah. build. So, I mean, so you can't yeah. go from let it be into Sergeant Pepper. No, like, no. Uh, it just, they couldn't, and he couldn't find a way to make it work. Like he was so frustrated with it. He was like, I really want this to happen, but it's like, I've tried everything I can think of. And, he can think of many, many things and he just couldn't make it work. So, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing that you got to be a part of that though. And be sort of in those rooms and hallways (laughs) talking about, (laughs) talking about all of that. It's amazing. It's, it's something that I just have such an appreciation for any stage manager out there. Um, because the more, the, the longer that I've been at the show, I've, Uh, you learn more and you realize again that you are one tiny small part of a huge machine, which is not the way uh, uh, performers, especially dancers, we don't like to think you're like, I'm the soloist. It's about me. And (laughs) what do you mean? I don't get an extra 10 minutes on stage. And it's like, well, because we have 15 other people that need to use the stage. But um, my point being, I I've, I've learned it's, it's, you start in one track and then you learn other tracks in that number and then you learn more numbers and then you learn a different uh, aspect or a different opposite side. And it's just, it continues to blow my mind how much balance and time management and organization um, any stage manager has to do. And I think it's very important and humbling for a performer to realize that, that it is more than just them, even though it's not our first way that we're programmed, is to give respect and realize, oh, I, I'm called in for a 10-minute rehearsal at noon. They don't hate me. Maybe it's just a lot of other things that have to go on that day. <laughs> that's, that's so really put your thing. ego that aside. Is, that <laughs> is so, you hit that right on the Yes, and, and that's when, like, whenever, when because you wouldn't believe how many times it comes up when, when performers are like, I think they're out to get me. I think oh, that yeah. they hate me. Why? But for real, like they're saying it for real. Like I really think that they're they have it in for me because they keep they keep doing this and they keep saying this and blah blah. blah. And I'm like, I wish I had the energy to, vote <laughs> to be after you. To be after one. I don't have time to put on my evil villain hat too. Right? I just don't. And, and, and like, and we really, really try to not call people in at like noon for a 10 minute rehearsal, but sometimes there's no, yeah. it has to happen because and maybe the, you have a fitting and the costume person is only available during that 30 minute window on that yeah. one day that week. And it's, it's so, it, it can be so um, frustrating for you guys. And it's frustrating for us having to see what it does to you as well. And I, but I do want to say that even though like, yes, you're used to being a soloist and you're one person and you know, it's one person in these many, but I do want you to like realize, I want every dancer to realize that even if you're in an ensemble, everyone's needed. what you bring to it is mm-hmm. so necessary. Um, it's uh, every, everybody has their own personality on stage. Um, and 
we want you to bring your own personality to that. So even if you're not doing a solo, even if you're not um, a featured, you know, featured in, in a piece, like you're, you're bringing what you're needed to bring in that moment. So if, Absolutely. if, so if any one night you're not bringing it, it's, sh- it, you know, it, it, even if it's not like evident to the audience, like the other people on stage feel it and it affects them mm-hmm. as well. And, and so it's just knowing that you are important. You might not be the featured soloist, but you, you're still really important. 100%. Amen. Um, that's such a good reminder, I think, for all of us. And any any um, aspect of the performance industry, you know, it's like, <laughs> I think about acrobatics when you're doing latex. Yeah, you're not flying through the air, but you're pretty important because you're uh. also the one anchoring <laughs> the guy to the ground. So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, moving forward, Mary, uh, yeah. uh, if you can share with us your current transition into your next project, which I'm sad about, but very (laughs) grateful and happy for our friends across the street. Yeah. So I am in process of moving over to be the general stage manager at Michael Jackson one at Mandalay Bay. So same job, different show, um, which means the job will be completely different because it's yeah. a different show. Proceeding um, stage, different machine, yeah. different machine, different people, different, you know, environment, culture. It's, um, but it's great. Um, it's definitely, uh, um, you can, it is very possible to be extremely sad to leave one place, mm-hmm. um, but excited to start something new. And that's, yeah, absolutely. that's really exactly how I feel. I don't want to leave love. This wasn't like, I, I chose to leave. This wasn't a, you have to go over there. Like I, I did choose, um, to do something new, but, um, I'm still going to be extremely sad whenever, whenever my last day is, I still have no idea when, um, but, uh, yeah. But anyway, but yeah, <laughs> I was going to say you, it's a legacy and Absolutely. it's always, you will leave, leave love and everyone's going to remember you forever. And everything that you've brought to the show is what makes it so good. So it's always, yeah, it's like one of those bittersweet things, excited for a new stuff, but it's mm-hmm. never going to go. Unnoticed. Very sweet, but I really think it's just going to be artists who are aren't at the show anymore. Just going to be sad. They don't have me to text when they want to see the show. When they're the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm over here thinking about who's in the cast of MJ. I'm like, okay, who can we delegate Broadway in the hallway to? Because right? that tradition yes. must live on. It has so. to. Yeah. <laughs> and it's right still there. No, no, no. Right, left. Um, he helped bring the show back after after COVID. Amazing. He helped bring the show back, but then he has a new career now as a teacher. So, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. so he okay. hasn't been there um, for almost a year. Wow. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Amazing. That's crazy to think that we're already this time almost last year is when we oh were getting those God, calls yeah. and yeah. emails like, yes. let's get going again. Yeah. Like, hard to believe, easy to believe, both in two different lights, yeah. but... Yeah. Uh, man, what a what a ride that's been! And again, big love to anyone. I mean, anyone in the entertainment industry, but also the oil behind the machine that oh, is yeah. anyone in yes. stage management that has overcome and thrived through this pandemic because yes. I know it's hit us all, but we're, we're waiting on the call from you guys. And I know you're waiting on the call from other oh guys. Gosh, so, yeah. um, so yeah, big love there, but, uh, all right, Mary, to, to wrap us up here, I, I want to know, I, <laughs> I'm sure you have no shortage of stories, but what comes to mind when you think of funny, embarrassing, or just like belly laugh, I can't believe that happened type of thing um, okay. in any of your shows? Yeah. Okay. So this is one of my favorite stories and it's not Cirque. It's, it's back in my rent days. And um, it was, okay. 
Am I allowed to curse on this podcast? Probably not. Sure, right? why not? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll make it fast, okay? Yeah. I'm really proud of myself for not cursing at all because we know I like to drop the F-bomb. Yeah. But, um, okay, so uh, it was the middle of February, um, <laughs> which means you're traveling through... There's my husband. Hi, husband. Hi. Um, so you're traveling through just the smallest, dinkiest venues and... Um, the middle of winter and it's just <laughs> terrible. Everyone gets sick. Everyone's sick. Um, and so this particular uh, day, everyone was sick. There were, there's 15 um, cast members who were always on stage. And then there's five swings and every single swing was on. Um, and uh, one of oh, our swings oh was throwing up in the stairwell. And we're Great. like, we can't put, this is like the middle of the first act. And we're like, we can't put, poor Kevin back on like he's throwing up in the stairwell and this like, is red too where people are like the no one's distant from each other in that oh, show no. like everyone's yeah. hugging like lovey bohem is like everyone on they top of each other uh, and same when they're not on the stage as well yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're, like, they're, <laughs> yeah so, they were a very close cast <laughs> very close. um <laughs> So they, uh, yeah, every, everyone who could be on stage was on stage. And of those people, they were, they were dropping like flies now. So we're like, oh my God, we don't have anyone to play to do this. And, um, my best friend from college, Kurt was actually on tour with me and he was the head of wardrobe and he was like saying half jokingly, well, I could do that. And we're like, uh, um, so I was the ASM. I run up to the PSM who's calling the show. And I was like, so Kevin can't go on. Kurt says he can do it. What do you think? And she was like, seriously? And I'm like, it's either that or we don't have anyone. So she's like, okay, make it happen. So he's costuming himself, putting stuff on. I have the blocking book backstage and I'm like talking him through what he's going to do. Okay. So at this part of the show, the entire cast is on stage. It's Maureen's performance piece. I don't know if you know the show, but it's so like everyone's, everyone's on stage. So we don't have a chance to tell anyone what's going on. So they're all on stage doing their thing. The next thing that happens is, is a blackout, big scene change, and we're getting set up for Lovey Bowen, the end of the first act. And he's going to be like the staunch, the like the parents sitting off to the side who disapproves of everything they're doing. Um, so the scene change happens, blackout, 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 lights come up, and the cast is sitting there at the table, and then they all look to their side, and they see um, Kurt sitting there in costume, and they all just start, their eyes get wide. Some of them start laughing, other their jaws just drop. And some of them pull it together. Some of them pull it together, but others are laughing the entire rest of the act. They can barely make it through Love You Bohem. But my friend Kurt nailed it. He yes, nailed Kurt. It. <laughs> oh. he, didn't ha- he didn't have to say anything, but he just had to, you know, like, you know, be there and be because, you know, they have to like focus all their attention on this guy. But yeah. it was just the funniest thing, just watching their faces when the lights came up and they were like, why is our head of wardrobe on stage in costume right now oh my gosh <laughs> and they're literally like dancing for him oh that yeah, is yeah, yeah incredible <laughs> so that was your call and it was a success I yeah. love yes, it well it went down in history <laughs> that's amazing wow wow that's that's I, I have like chills and all because like I feel like that's also my nightmare too yeah. as like a performer to be like we have nobody you have to go on and I'm like oh, I yeah. don't know it and everything's in slow motion yeah yep. but clearly uh that's 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 not a big deal for Kurt because he no. know it, but no, um <laughs> I love that well Mary thank you so so much again for you taking really the time to it. sit down and chat with 
with us. Um, it's been just such a delight, both uh, educationally for me to get to know exactly what you do. And I know for a lot of listeners uh, out there, because it's just, it's, it's for better reason. I feel like a position that's kind of like shrouded to us, but that means you're doing your job so well that I don't exactly. even know what you're doing. That's so thank goal. you for, for, yeah, for shedding some light on that and filling us all in. But um, uh, we're so excited again for your transition to MJ. Um, and uh, I know that that's just the next step in uh, the rest of an amazing, amazing, successful career for you. So um, I'm grateful to be a part of it. I know Alex is, uh, feels the same way as well. And so we can't thank you enough. Thanks, guys. You're awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'll see you tomorrow, Mary. <laughs> okay, I'll see you tomorrow, Alex. I hope I get to see you soon. <laughs> I hope to see you soon, too. Thank you so much for doing this. We love you. Thank you. Love you guys. Right, take care.